everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and Robert Duncan McNeil. Woohoo! I know everyone's listening, going, hey, What is everybody? going on? Hi. What is happening? We're actually in the same We're room. Together. <laughs> We're in the same space. It's crazy. It is crazy. It yeah. really is crazy, but we're here. We're here in Utah. Garrett had come up for a, a surprise visit. And so here we are recording an episode yeah. from the kitchen well, in Utah. Yeah, that's it. And, and we should say what it's about. I, I, I We should say what the yeah. surprise visit is. Um, Robbie clearly is a huge Georgia Bulldogs fan. Wearing my the, cap today. The national championship was yesterday. I know when you guys see this episode, it'll be later, but it was yesterday. And as a surprise, I... Booked a ticket, rented a car, drove to his house. I, I don't even know where it, I trusted my navigation. I could have been lost, right? I yeah, you found and it. I showed up and surprised him, and he was truly surprised. I was he shocked. had no clue. And the funny thing was, the day before, Robbie was like, "We really need to, we really need to make sure we get some more episodes recorded and banked and everything." And so, can we record tomorrow? And I said got a full slate of appointments that I've got to make all day. And he's like, really? Like, what's, so important? what's so important? Yeah, he, I like, knew what's so important? <laughs> what, we could just do an episode. We need to get an episode done. It was so he's funny. Like, I don't know. Let me see if I, I can squeeze I said, it. Let in. me see if I can see. I, I could at least do the intro. And I gave him some times. I said, well, it could be at 8.30 a.m. or 2.30 p.m. Because I knew I would get to his house around 2.30. And he says, 8.30, I've got a vet appointment. We can't make that. I said, okay, well, we'll do the, the intro. Afternoon. We'll do it in the afternoon. Yeah, then. we'll do the afternoon. And um, I, I've been holding this secret in for a couple of weeks now because I've booked this ticket uh, for a while. And uh, I'm glad no one spilled the beans, as in Megan. Megan could have easily <laughs> spilled the beans, but she didn't. She, she stuck to it. So thank you, Megan. And we're here. Big so, surprise. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Huge. Live and in person, not <laughs> long distance Zoom. So right. this is awesome. It's very cool. So um, yeah. So this week's episode is yes. uh, Drone. Drone. That's drone. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's... this is the second episode of season five. Season five. Right. So we're we're into season five. Yeah. And uh, last week, I couldn't believe neither one of us remembered anything. <laughs> Not a thing. Before we watched it. Yeah. And yeah. It, it all came came back to us. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll see. I, I, we'll see. Let's, go, excited, let's go watch this episode. Excited to see this episode yeah. and do this together. Yeah. At least this, part well, at least this part's together. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And for all of you Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Robbie and I are back from watching Drone. Yes. Wow. That was intense. That was was intense. Yeah, I felt like that was a real different episode for us. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Something about it, because it did include a lot of our cast. It had all Mm -hmm. the elements. I don't know what it was. It it felt it felt a little different. In some ways, I thought that was good. In other ways, I thought it was it was kind of a, a outlier. So, yeah, I was right about the the guest star. I got that right. Yeah, uh, you yeah. were right about that. Okay, so what we were not right about was um, who wrote it. It was mm-hmm. not Ken Biller. It was Brian Fuller and Brandon Braga wrote and Joe Minoski wrote. Uh, so I was right. I said yes. that. I said it's probably another because there's a chunk of episodes that we've reviewed recently where it's over and over again. It's Braga, Braga and Minoski, Braga and Minoski. So yeah. uh, I'm right about that then yeah. with the addition of Brian Fuller. Right. Yeah. And that's Brian the teleplay. Fuller. Who's the story by? Story by Brian Fuller and Harry Doc Clore. Harry, yes. Now, it's interesting because I guess I did a little research. It seems like Harry Doc Clore had pitched a story that they didn't want to buy, but it was it was something about like, I think he pitched something about Paris goes on a mission mm-hmm. and his arm is ripped off and the <laughs> Borg help they help regenerate a borg arm and he becomes became like a terminator half borg half human or something and they were like no we don't want to do a gruesome rip off a you know one of our cast members body parts but that gave them this beginning of like all right well if we don't take a if we don't do the horror movie like somebody loses a body part what if it's the doctor and then so i guess harry doc clore went back and took out any gory premise and combined it with the doctor yeah. and that's the story that they kind of went with although uh, i think he, 
he did pitch something like the doctor and seven somehow combine and create a terminator like borg and they didn't want the terminator thing so they were like well we like some of this story but we wanted to have a lot more heart and character and feelings so then they came up with what if this is an innocent borg not a terminator borg and then they were like but how do we end it and i guess rick berman was the one that said you should end it with him having to sacrifice himself like his human side realizes. So it was kind of a lot of different stories they went through to, to get here okay. and a lot of people contributing. I'm going to have to ask Harry, who I just saw at the CES show, his company was exhibiting their robot, this Beyond Me robot, this very mm -hmm. advanced robot, which is able to open up a Coke bottle and pour. Wow. In the, and they, and it was, I don't know how, but James Corden had utilized footage of his Harry's robot on his show. They were showing, you know, wow. he was talking about CES was going wow. on. And here's a little clip of something from CES. And that's the only thing he showed was Harry's robot. So Harry was so excited. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I went to dinner. He showed me, look, 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 you know, James Corden even, you know, had gave us this huge, you know, bit of publicity right there to show our robot. Um, so wait, Harry Clore is not a writer? I always thought he was yeah, a writer. Yeah. Well, he's, okay, he is... He's sort of a man of, he's a jack of all trades in a way. He yeah. um, He's like the first guy to get like a double PhD at the same time. It's crazy. Like he's super, wow. super, super smart. Um, uh, writing is part of his, you know, repertoire. But he does, but he does, uh, he does all got... kinds of stuff. This, this guy is truly unbelievable. All right. Directed by... Les Landau. We oh, we were wrong. We said Alan, Alan Craker. Okay. You and I both thought it was going to be Alan Craker, and we it were was, wrong. It was Uncle Les, who has not been directing in a no. while, right? We haven't seen his name in quite a while. Mm -mm. And I do remember, yeah, there was a long break. And then, you know, every time we saw Les, you know, at least for me, I was always Uncle, like, Uncle Les. Les. Uncle Les, there you are, buddy. He was a good man. We all liked him a lot. All right. Guest star-wise, just J. Paul Bomer, right? J. Paul Bomer plays one. Yeah, the drone. Mm -hmm. And just to recap, so we saw J. Paul Bomer was the Nazi, Nazi like a captain or captain something. Captain or yeah. something. Yeah. Second in, in command. In the two-parter. Right. And just a quick recap, he was born in Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. His first job, as I always like to talk about, yeah. was Voyager. Stop. That was his first the, job. The, 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 the killing game? That yes, one the was killing his game, first? Part one and two was his first TV. He was I, a theater guy. I, I cannot. Wow. So we were wow. his first job. So since I can't, you know, quote a different first job, I'm going to go to his most recent job. And that was the movie Them. It was uh, that kind of horror suspense film. He also recently, uh, kind of recently uh, was on The Orville. So we oh, were his first man. job. And recently he was in the movie Them and The Orville. So that was J, J. Paul Bomer. But there was another guest star, Todd Babcock, who played Mulcahy. And oh, he right. was he was in the transporter room. <laughs> yes, and yes. then Balana says, hey, come with yes, me. Yes, yes. And of course, you know, as soon as we introduce someone who's speaking, who <laughs> we've never met before, <laughs> we've never met him on the ship. Yeah. Something's going to go bad. Something's going to go bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> Todd Babcock. That was the guy. Uh, he was born in Jackson, Michigan. Jackson, Michigan. Okay. And his first TV job was in 1996, a TV movie called What Love Sees. It was a period film with Richard Thomas, I think, from the Waltons. And what uh, love that was Todd, sees. Todd Babcock. Wow. What Love Sees TV movie. So huh. there you go. There's what year was that? Story. Did you have did you 96. say oh, 1996? Mm -hmm. So really, this Voyager was pretty early in his career as well. Honestly, yeah. Right. This this yeah. episode would have been. Yeah, filmed either in 97 or 98, yeah. is my guess. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. Thank you for the mm -hmm. uh, guest star uh, first job and most recent job explanation. Let's go to the show. My haiku for yes. drone. Transporter problem. Futuristic drone is born. Gives his life for us. Oh. Yeah. That's a sad ending. It is a sad ending. This episode has a very sad ending. Yes, it does. It really does. Yeah, it'll bring you. Well, I think that was a very well done piece of poetry. I would Thank call you, that sir. art. Thank I would, you. I would say that is art. Thank you. All okay, right. let's go for our limerick. I'm so ready for this. Here we go. Prototype in Tuvix plots mixed into one. A drone is born. He's Seven's new son. 
he's curious and smart. Too soon he must depart. Though short, his life was very well done. Ooh, so impressive, especially yeah. with the Tuvix and Prototype references. Yeah. Two titles from earlier episodes of Voyager. Yeah. You have to do your homework to come up with that limerick. Bam. <laughs> Mic drop. Hello. Okay. Great job, Robieka. Good job. <laughs> okay. Let's start off right now with the very yes. first scene, uh, Cargo Bay. And it's Cargo Bay 2. I asked you in a prior episode, is she in Cargo yeah. Bay 1 or 2? It's 2. Cargo, Bay, Cargo two. Bay 2. Seven is looking at her reflection. She's in, looking in a mirror. Yeah. And she's and practicing smiling. She's making smiling faces. <laughs> yeah. It's very awkward, actually. And then... And then the doctor walks in and he's like, how's my favorite new Borg? Super friendly. Yeah. And she's super annoyed at him. She's yeah, like, I'm she annoyed. <laughs> I was like, why is she so annoyed? We realize that they're about to start a mission with Balana and Tom. And they're right. going to go to some proto nebula that's emerging and survey it. And she's yeah. like, why are you coming? And the doctor <laughs> says, well, I'm going to study the effects on the humans, on the, on the crew. Yeah. And, uh, I love at the end of this. So they're like, let's go. And she's annoyed yeah. uh, that he showed up. I, I guess I guess she's annoyed because she was making these goofy faces and she feels embarrassed, maybe. Maybe. Or is she just generally annoyed in life? I just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough call because if you think about it, like it, it later on when they're actually in the shuttle, mm -hmm. the doctor's not doing any studies. He's such, he's trying to take selfies. So it's sort yeah. of, you know, so it seems like he's just going on a joyride. So I I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed with seven to be Are you annoyed again at the doctor. Garrett? I am. This is a pattern. <laughs> it's not a pattern. a pattern here. No, I'm just, be, I'm just Why calling it like it is. The doc? No. I don't hate the doctor. I don't no. hate the doctor. It's no. funny that you say that because you you're like you're annoyed at the doctor seven's annoyed at the doctor i'm annoyed at seven i'm like <laughs> okay, why you could be annoyed at seven That's and by fine. the way like this episode proves my point yeah because this new borg drone is born yeah he's not annoyed at everybody so why is seven just because she's borg yeah doesn't give her license to be rude and snappy and okay and annoyed all the time okay there's a brand new Borg, and he is like enthusiastic and he's earnest and he's kind and he's yeah. nice and he's polite. So, so you're saying seven should take a take. Uh, yeah, I'm take saying a cue seven from, should uh, take a from cue the new Borg, right? From the new Borg. Okay. And be a little friendlier. It is possible right. yeah. for a Borg, a Borg human combo hybrid yes. to be friendly to people. Oh, oh all right. That's, that's what I would say. That's valid. That's a valid yeah. argument. All right. Okay. So now they're going through the corridor. The doctor talks yes. about how he's going to study the effect of the nebula on the crew now there's an exterior shot of the shuttle in space and then yes. it's uh, then we go to a shuttle interior we go to the shuttle interior and torres is complaining about how cramped it is in a yes. class, class two shuttle what is interesting is seven says perhaps you should design a new shuttle larger more efficient yeah and torres goes not a bad idea now this is the beginnings of the Delta Flyer is this what is, I'm thinking right what here. I'm What I'm thinking is this moment was when a podcast was born. This is when it... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm going to say this is the okay, moment first when the a shuttle, podcast and then, name then. is born. A podcast <laughs> name is born. Not the podcast itself, but the this name. This is the fertilization. This is the, fertil this is the seed being the, sowed. Right. Yes. But it starts with seven. I had no clue that I this had no was. Clue I either. had no memory that seven was the one that threw this in your head. Like yeah. it's it starts to germinate here, right? With yeah, that absolutely. one comment. And I didn't remember this either, but yeah. this is definitely yeah. setting that up. Well, let's let's be fair and say it's her comment plus yeah. Torres's affirmation of that comment when she absolutely said, not a bad idea. One thing I just wanted to talk about was I was looking at the four of us in this shuttle, the old. Hmm the class two shuttle. Yes. And I remember that set, you know, the only way we could get in and out was the back door. That's and it right. was, it was it a hatch. Open. Yeah. It was a hatch yeah, that, came, that came down. It, or came did it go down. up? It came it went, down. It, it went down to let us out. It would come up and seal. And um, we walked on it though, right? Yep, to get we out. walked yeah. on the back wall, basically. That's right. That's right. But if they were shooting towards that, you had to go inside and then they had to shut it. Yes. And it was a little claustrophobic. Very much and, so. And so you put four people in there. Mm -hmm. And then I also noticed some angles where 
there was glass because they could take the glass in or out for reflections. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you would have glass in, sometimes they'd take it out. It depended. So if you put the glass in that set up front by where you're driving, mm -hmm. and then you shut the door in the back and you put four people in there and a camera operator and an assistant and stuff, it got really crowded. I don't oh, know yeah. if you remember, I was in that shuttle quite a bit. Yeah. And I would get so claustrophobic sometimes because you would feel trapped in that shuttle because of the way the set was designed. There was just no, if they put the glass in and the door up, you, it would get hot. Everybody's breath is like heating it up. Mm -hmm. It was just, yeah. and the lights and everything. Anyway, that's, that, I started having a panic attack when I watched that scene because I was like, <laughs> I remember that. It was so claustrophobic. Oh my goodness. All the yeah. memories there. I know. All right. So back to the plot. So after, yes. you know, this idea of this new shuttle comes from Seven, Torres agrees. Then the doctor decides to take a group photo, which Seven refuses. Seven's like, no, I'm not going to do this. And that's when we have a, a, a huge plasma shear that happens. Yep. Shuttle tries to get away, but it's caught in this gravimetric shear. Engines are down. Uh, they're in trouble. We flash, we jump back to the bridge on Voyager. Harry picks up a distress call from the away team. So clearly Tom has sent this distress call because he cannot pilot out of this shear. And Janeway says, beam him out, beam him yeah. out right now. Right. Beam so him we, out. we cut to the transporter room and we meet Ensign Mulcahy, yes. who is now the transporter operator. We've never mm -hmm. met him before, but he's got lines with your right. But I just want to say we lost that shuttle, right? That shuttle's gone. Oh, yeah. I guess, I mean, we we go through so many shuttles and it's just like, eh, hey, let's just beam them off of the shuttle. We don't even care about the shuttle. What about beaming the entire shuttle into the- Into the into uh, shuttle bay. Into the shuttle bay. You know, yeah. save that shuttle's life, but no, nope, that shuttle's gone. And mm -hmm. right, we, we, need, we meet Ensign uh, Mokehi mm -hmm. and um, he's, the, he's the transporter chief at the time. And of course, the, uh, as he's trying to beam everyone in, there's some some issues with the uh, patterns of of everyone sort of like- Can't quite get a lock yeah, on yeah, they're, them. Because they're going the in and out. Radiation exactly. and- mm -hmm. Finally, uh, they, everyone comes in, right? Everyone yeah. comes in. But the Dr. Fritz's or McNeil's, he McNeil's and his mobile remitter is damaged. And um, I wrote down, well, that's what you get for going on a group mission to take group photos, is what I said <laughs> on that one. Like, you didn't take one study. All you did was take photos. So that's what you get. So Which I can I, relate to. I love, taking a, <laughs> I love taking a nice, you know, travel shot for my Instagram. Maybe he was doing it for his Instagram. All right. You can doctor, always play devil's advocate. Yeah. 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 Doc, doctor had to, was, he's got, a, he, he's got a, very, a lot of followers on his Instagram, and he wanted to show this nebula in there. And their trip. All right. We go to the science lab. Uh, Torres and Mulcahy walk in there. Uh, mm -hmm. Bellana runs a diagnostic on the damaged mobile emitter. And as by they the, leave. By the way, I yes. just want to say, so this new guy, Mulcahy, yes. who we've never met, we've never is met running the transporter. We've never and then seen Bellana, him. We've never seen him. And he's talking all over the place. And then Bellana comes in and she's like, Mulcahy, follow me. I'm like, yeah. since when did the transporter Transport guy become your, your, your number two? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, clearly you're He's, setting him up. It's Bolana's <laughs> fault that this whole thing happened. Anyway. Or, oh, I don't know. Maybe Mokei and her have a special relationship. <gasps> Maybe. Oh, <laughs> oh no. All the, P, all the PT shippers are like, what's happening with this Mokei? Mm. It can't be MT. It's always PT, right? Mm -hmm. Paris Torres, not Mokei Torres. Mokehi Torres doesn't even flow off. It the doesn't tongue. flow. It no, doesn't work. No. no, but it's true. Like where do we We've never seen this guy, but yet, clearly no. this is her best engineer, right? He has and to she's go gotta, with her. She's got to drag him from the <laughs> transporter that he yeah. should be operating right. with her immediately. Cause he's so important. Yes. We've never seen him before. <laughs> yes. Anyway. All right. They go so to the they're science in, they're in the science lab. The diagnostic is run mm -hmm. on the damaged uh, mobile emitter. As they're leaving, we have a close up shot of the board tubes, uh, tubules shooting out Mm -hmm. of the mobile emitter and attaching to the console. So now we're mm -hmm. like, oh no. Um, so the audience knows, you know, something is afoot here. Mm -hmm. The uh, next shot is the exterior Voyager in front of the nebula. We have Which a was a digital log. ship, a digital mm -hmm. ship. We were starting at this point in our show to kind of go back and forth between the model shots okay, and, and some digital and a, ship, but it looked cool. It was a cool angle. Are you able to easily see that it's digital instead of uh, a- I mean- there is a to me there's a difference there's it just looks a little too uh 
uh, perfect, the yeah. digital version, whereas the practical, the model shots, mm -hmm. we only have, you know, maybe 10 shots, you know, the camera panning this way, the camera pan. Right. And, and so we, they reuse those shots in different kinds of backgrounds all the time. Right. And they started using these digital shots yep. for new angles. So if you see an angle that seems uh, kind of new, <laughs> unfamiliar or specific at this point, it's probably a digital, they didn't go back and shoot the, the models again. Okay. Oh, so like just to continue the, uh, the, the captain's log, she's talking mm -hmm. about how the proto nebula seems to have a mind of its own. It's still expanding with no end in mm -hmm. sight and Voyager is holding at a safe distance to monitor its growth so we can learn more about it. Since yep. we are scientists and explorers, we need to know more about this proto nebula. So now we are in Bellana's quarters. She's asleep. It's 0600. But the doctor yep. chimes in. The doctor chimes in because he is completely, completely obsessed or concerned is a better word about the fact that his mobile emitter may be damaged beyond repair. Yeah, which he's, then panicking would, he's panicking because this will end his freedom, right? Yeah. He's, he, he's yeah. used to not being confined to sick bay. <laughs> so this is why he's, he's messaging Torres at 0600. Now, did yes. you notice this is the first time we really see anything revealing that Torres, Torres is always co pretty covered up through the whole series. Yeah, like, she's in a, she's in kind of a, a, a spaghetti slip strap, or a like camisole slip. or something, right? And she says, okay, I'll be right there. I got to get dressed. From behind, we see her take off the, the slip slides down and we see her bare back. That's so when she walks very, in the bathroom. Very rare stimulated nudity from our regulars. Uh, I had Janeway do it in Sacred Ground. I actually yeah. added that moment for right. the vulnerability Yes. of Janeway, I wanted her to be very vulnerable and human when she went through her vision quest. Yes. This felt a little bit more like gratuitous. <laughs> yeah, we rarely see any of our series regulars skin. We don't right. see their skin very much. We were yeah. always covered up. But I thought it, it it was a funny bit. It felt a slightly gratuitous to get her naked yeah. and then have her throw the towel over the screen. Right. You know, the, because he I, follows I her. The doctor follows her from the monitor in her bedroom to the monitor in her, yeah. in her, <laughs> her bathroom area. Um, and again, to show this desperation of he's like, I need to know if this thing is working. I need yeah. to know if I, I'm going to have freedom. Yeah. And, and he pops into the bathroom and she's like, yeah. what are you doing? And he's, I love his line. I'm a doctor, not a peeping Tom. Yes. Um, yes. Which was very funny. And then you yeah. see her, the POV of the camera that, you know, that he's looking at. Right. You see her toss she the towel. throws the towel over. on there. So now we jump to uh, Science Lab and the mobile emitter is now turning the entire console into, you see Borg symbols. Now, Borg, mm -hmm. instead of the Starfleet symbols, you see Borg symbols on there. And uh, Cargo Bay 2, it jumps to 7, awaking uh, mm -hmm. suddenly i mean she awakes before her regeneration cycle yeah the computer says complete. uh yeah. incomplete re regeneration cycle right. so she has incomplete sleep she's woken up right and you can tell that something is wrong you can yes. tell you know and she leaves cargo bay too mm -hmm. we cut to the bridge next harry is in the captain's chair look, again look at, look at that wham, he's, been bam, bam. he's been in command during the night shift Right? He's been in command and Chicote comes in to talk to him mm -hmm. and ask how things are. And I made a note here. Harry is super smiley for being up all night. He's so yeah. happy to be in that chair. <laughs> and then Chicote is super smiley. He's he's giving compliments left and right. He like, is. Everybody rumor is you're really good at this. And I wrote, are they flirting with each other? It There's is. so <laughs> many smiles and compliments. I'm like, what is this like a competition? What's going on? <laughs> I, felt, I actually felt like you guys were goofing off before they said action because there was a <laughs> sense of like you were just about to laugh. There was so much smiling. I felt like I feel like you guys were something oh, uh, was going on. Uh, OK, well, this scene is the closest to our true off camera real life uh, relationship, <laughs> at least with Chicote and I. You know, I don't know if we were joking around beforehand or not, but but definitely it was a very lighthearted scene. Uh, yeah, and I, was, think, I think there Harry's, was good chemistry in it. Yeah, there's good chemistry. But Harry's really excited because he had something to do, because typically during the night yeah. shift, there's nothing going on. But he tells Chicote he had to adjust course 11 times because of how quickly this nebula is expanding to stay away at a safe distance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that line that Chicote says, is it true you make them call you Captain Kim? 
was just to me that was a dig by the writers a little bit saying like ha, 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 we're not going to promote you we're going to like we're going to tease this we're going to di- you know we're going to dangle this in front of you to call you yeah, they just pretend to exactly mm-hmm. seven does arrive and then tell uh, she tells chicote that the proximity receiver in her cranial implant has been activated which could indicate a Borg presence nearby. So this is, you know, this is serious stuff. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, perhaps the nebula is masking a vessel. The nebula is 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 shielding a, ves- a vessel. And Harry says, no, there's there's no way. A ship wouldn't last 10 seconds in there. There's, there's not even, not even a Borg cube would last 10 seconds inside this nebula. And Chakotay tells Seven to go to sickbay to go get her transceiver checked out in mm-hmm. case it's malfunctioning. Well, then she goes to sick bay. He does. Yep. And then uh, Chakotay goes to uh, take over in the first officer's chair. And you head back to your station. And he says, well, you know, if you don't mind being an ensign again. <laughs> Do you remember that line? Yeah. Yeah. Another That's dig. the very end of the scene is Chakotay's <laughs> like, well, yeah, back to work, Harry. If you don't mind being an ensign again. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was forever ensign. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to the hall, and here's our good friend, dear friend, Mulcahy. Mulcahy. We've known for so long now. We've known him so long and know him so well. He's walking down the hall, gets to the science lab, the door opens, and there's a green light inside. Yeah. And he starts to walk in, and he kind of walks towards something. And the first thing I thought was, why is he going in by himself? Like, wouldn't you immediately at the doorway when you see the change, which we don't even ever see what he sees. Yes. um, Exactly. But we see the green light wouldn't you call for backup or something? Like, and if you're just... not going to call for backup and you know what everyone in Starfleet knows what a green light is, it's the yeah. Borg, right? So why it's sort of, it's kind of yeah. like, wait a minute, why are you pulling your tricorder out? Pull yeah. your phaser out, man. Exactly. I mean, do so, I mean, get, get ready to protect yourself. Right. Exactly. So I, I just, I don't, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like for you, you know the colors of Alabama, the enemy. You know that, okay? Just exactly. like Mokehi should know the colors of the enemy. It's green. We don't. Yes, that's not. We Starfleet. know that that Alabama has the wrong color red. They have crimson, <laughs> they have crimson. and what they need is Georgia Bulldogs red and black. And crimson is the enemy. Anyway, crimson's the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. The tendrils all of a sudden shoot out into his neck. The tubules. The tubules. Yeah, tubules shoot out into his neck suddenly. Into his right? neck. Yeah. Then we ah. jump cut. To the, <laughs> we jump cut to sick bay at that point. Sick bay, doc scanning seven. And all of a sudden she feels a proximity alert again. Yeah. She yeah. feels this Borg stuff happening. Right. Uh, we go to the bridge. Harry says there's someone's rerouting uh, power from the warp conduits. He tries to find out where it's coming from. It's from the science lab. And now there's a force field there with a Borg signature, he says. But then Chicote hails Mulcahy. How does he know that Mokehi is in the science lab? Did he look know. at something? See, that was a question. Maybe he saw on sensors that, oh, I'm detecting one Starfleet personnel in Star- science well, lab. Well, Bolana and- said last night when, when uh, they put the thing in the science lab for yeah. the, you know, the data scanning or whatever right. analysis, she said, Mokehi, back here at, at 0600, you know. So she, that was his assignment. So maybe it's in the crew log, you know, uh, like the assignment okay. log or All something. All right. I'll buy that. I'll buy okay. that. All right. Uh, sensors are being deflected by some kind of force field, mm-hmm. which has a Borg signature. Mm-hmm. Well, time for red alert. Chakotay calls for Janeway, sends Tuvok a, and a security detail to the science lab. So this is this is real serious stuff. We don't know what's yep. happening. Seven says she's going to join in with the, and meet the security detail there. And now, you know, we have a shot of... Uh, seven Tuvok. and Tuvok and the, the security Tuvok team. and seven with a security team. It was a really low angle shot pulling down the hallway in front yeah. of them. And yeah. I thought it was a super cool shot. We, I cool love those shot. low angle. It's yeah. like, it's like the ocean's 11 kind of shot, you know, yeah. I wish they had done it in slow motion. That would have been cool. Oh, that would have been super cool. Walking down the hall. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they looked they, really badass. And mm-hmm. uh, we go into the science lab and in comes yeah. Tuvok and seven. They approach this console. Yeah. Uh, Seven says it looks like a board maturation chamber, but mm-hmm. it has unfamiliar elements, she says. Right. And then they see Mulcahy on the ground yep. and the two holes in his neck from yep. the uh, the tubules. Yep. Um, she finds nanoprobes, 
uh, when she scans him that they're right. aboard nanoprobes. And not just uh, nanoprobes, nanoprobes that have the same signature as her own nanoprobes. Yeah. yeah. And then she approaches the console. She says, uh, because she's Borg, she can walk through the force fields, which she does. Yeah. Steps right through it, opens this small door in this Borg adapting console. And she mm-hmm. sees this sort of Borg fetus yes. inside, which I yeah. thought was a really cool vis effect. That was yeah. cool. It looked like it was in some kind of liquid and floating around. Yeah. Um, and Seven says, this is different than the usual Borg assimilation. Yeah. But there's something different about this. Right. So we come back into uh, a little Still bit Still the later. science lab, yeah. Still in the science lab. Mm-hmm. But now we've got this shot that's a point of view from inside the chamber. Such a little... cool POV. Yeah. <laughs> Not only the point of view, but audio we're getting audio of distorted as of if distorted the, as if the yeah. fetus is listening and watching and seeing everything of, and i i made a I note like it's a long shot because they play a lot of dialogue from that point of view and it reminded me that rick berman was always very concerned about what the point of view of every shot was and he must have okayed this choice because i remember pitching shots to him when I was directing and he'd be mm-hmm. like, well, whose point of view is that? Like, that's going to suggest, you know, if I was trying to do a stylized shot of a camera mm-hmm. move or something, he'd be like, well, the audience is going to think that that's the point of view of some alien or something. And mm-hmm. now let's not do that. So he was very conservative usually. Right. So the fact that they played this shot from the baby's point of view for so long means that he had okayed this point of view shot and they wanted to, to imply that this, baby was starting to get a consciousness and that we were mm-hmm. we were supposed to as an audience sort of um connect with this baby's point of view in some way yeah um, what's interesting here my other note is um as we have the pov and the audio of the fetus that mm-hmm. you now hear seven talking she's she's surmising that the transporter malfunction caused patterns to merge it's it's possible that some of her nanoprobes infected the doctor's mobile emitter and mm-hmm. that they assimilated the emitter and then transformed the diagnostic station and Mokehi's DNA was sampled using his genetic code as a template to create a life form. So as she's talking about all this stuff and because you're hearing it from the perspective of the fetus and you've got that, that whatever that sound mm-hmm. is of the, mm-hmm. of the, of the, the chamber, you know, uh, just the chamber mechanics. Yeah it takes the edge off of seven's voice like seven's voice mm-hmm. typically when you hear it it's it's kind of rebellious you know what i'm saying yeah. it's sort of like when she talks to jane West, she's almost like has an attitude that yeah. attitude is gone when it's mm. when it's distorted by the you know it's a very yeah. beautiful and non-confrontational voice yeah when, when it's that's being heard yes so that's the one thing i, I was oh my goodness Interesting. Yeah. So that's what my one note about uh, this particular scene. Yeah. But Uh, they realize that that is probably what happened. And so Janeway orders a level 10 force field Mm -hmm. and security detail around the science lab. Yep. She does not want to kill this fetus. Until she knows more about what's going on. Right. She doesn't want to end this life. But the other interesting note is she's like, let's let this thing grow. Let's let's see what's up. And I was like, I made a note. Oh, Janeway. Really? (laughs) Like you're going to let the board grow. Like really? (laughs) Well, and then from the time that they first see this drone and then they call Janeway to come down and the drone has grown by 17% in that Mm -hmm. five minutes, you know, whatever it is. And then even seven says the maturation rate is 25 times that of a conventional board. So Mm -hmm. there's some, there's some really fast growing going on right now. Mm In astrometrics, they start to analyze what they're you know, all the data they're getting from this fast-growing uh, Borg. Seven says at this point, when they're in astrometrics, Balana's there. The doctor is on a monitor. Tuvok is in there. Mm-hmm. She says that he's now in the fourth phase of gestation, Borg gestation, which is equal to about a six-year-old already. Six-year-old boy already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The doctor says he's mostly human. He's only twenty-seven percent Borg right now. Right. And uh, Tuvok says that the body's composed of polycutonic alloys. And the doctor says, oh, that's like my mobile emitter. So his exterior body body is is the mobile emitter, that that very futuristic technology. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Outside, his emitter is 500 years more advanced than the current technology. Um, So he's more advanced than any current Borg. So Mm -hmm. we established that. Mm -hmm. 
the doctor also locates his mobile emitter embedded in his cerebral cortex. Yeah. And, and they say, well, it would kill this board drone to extract the mobile emitter. Right. Because it's, it's now part, part of, of his central nervous system. Yeah. Right? So it controls all of his autonomous functions yep. and he will die if you remove yep. it. So Tuvok asks, um, his biggest concern being security chief is, has this board contacted the collective yet? Seven says, no, she's dampened his proximity transceiver. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, not yet. But what about when he <laughs> matures? <laughs> what about when he matures? Um, we're in the captain's ready room. Janeway mm-hmm. reads the specs of the drone, reactive body armor, multidimensional adaptation adaptability internal mm-hmm. transporter nodes internal I mean, this, transporter yeah, nodes that means that he can like, transport what? himself anywhere is, without yeah. a transporter which really everything she was reading made me think wow this is a cool cool yeah. organism you know beings yeah. amazing seven uh, so, says he's going to be mature in two more hours that's it less Fully than grown. two hours less than yeah. two hours that's right <laughs> but he'll have no purpose without instructions from the collective and right. janeway decides she wants to raise this guy humanize him yeah because seven yeah because seven says she says well first she says hey um his borg shielding is not active i mean he will be fully mature but his borg shielding is still not active so we can terminate this uh, this borg now Mm -hmm. and yeah and you're right january was like let's let's just see what happens right we can Mm -hmm. we can uh you know if we well she first poses the question what happened what normally happens when we uh when a drone disengages from a maturation chamber and it awaits instructions from the collective. So Janeway feels that she can, or the crew can help, you know, guide this or raise this drone to as an individual and to as be more a human. Member of the crew, yeah, as, then as more human. But but she says, Seven, I want you to teach him. Right. She gives Seven to be job. like your first contact. She yeah. says, Yeah, you're you're going to be Seven. You're going to be our ambassador. Right. And teach we, him about about his humanity, and we can show him what it means to be an individual. And yep. so seven becomes, uh, he's given the job of tutor, basically mm-hmm. tutor slash parent in a way. Right. Yep. Go to the science lab next. And now in the science lab, it has become a full drone alcove. Yes. Uh, we see him fully mature and seven uh, hit some buttons to dis- disengage him. And I love how the tubes pop out. I just think that was a cool yep. thing. And uh, he steps down out of this alcove. And his first words are, we are Borg, state our designation. <laughs> and Seven <laughs> says, no, we are individuals. We are not Borg, but mm-hmm. the drone doesn't get it. doesn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> so she decides she has to um, initiate a direct neural interface. Mm-hmm. And so she then does that and she starts sending instructions to the drone. She tells Tuvok that uh, he did receive the instructions and he understands. But all of a sudden, the drone grabs Seven's arm before she can pull away. And she starts, you know, kind of wincing and, we and he's extracting, that, basically yeah. he's downloading everything in her brain. Yeah. He's all just her human memories, mm-hmm. all of her knowledge of Voyager, all of her Borg yeah. memories, all of it. And it hurts her. Yeah. It hurts her because he's all up in her neural pathways at mm-hmm. this point, trying to assimilate mm-hmm. every bit of Seven's knowledge. And she cannot disengage the link. She commands him to terminate the interface. Nothing. You must comply. Nothing. But then when she says, you are hurting me. That's what makes him stop. Yeah, and he releases he does comply, her. Then. He releases her. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but but really a tension filled scene because you're thinking, is he gonna? Yeah. What's he gonna do? You know, and even yeah. Tuvok tries to shoot him with a phaser. Right? Isn't that in this scene? I think yep. he shoots him yep. with a phaser and it doesn't even work. So tension filled. So he's got the the mobile emitter, you know, um, alloy plating or whatever, yeah. the futuristic plating, and his he has skin shields. tone, and he has shields. and his skin tone looks different. It doesn't look quite as blue gray as most Borg. It's got oh. a little. Okay. Little pigment in it. And did you notice that the suit yeah. was glowing in the little cracks here and there? Yeah, it had you had like blue, these little mm-hmm, it's blue, like, almost, like lights or something. Yeah, they had these exactly. I yeah. don't remember that ever in a Borg costume before. I think this was an you know an an adaptation for this uh, you know kind of one of a kind Borg. Yeah, because like regular Borgs, they have blinkies, they have lights on them, and like you know, little things that blink. But but this had like terms, a glow he had two, underneath. It, well, if you know, if you saw, they were tubes that were running like where his ribs. Oh, were. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, they were tubules that looked like it was blue fluid that was running through them. You know, so yeah. almost like that was his blood or something like that. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was, it was very, very cool, cool looking. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I, I made a note. They look like, you know, it's like glow stick stuff going through. Yeah, his, his yeah exactly. He's going to a rave. Um, so seven of nine has a daily log and she has, uh, she says she's in, she has activated the drone's linguistic database and it is now capable of assimilating information. A direct mm -hmm. neural link is way too dangerous as she tried before. And mm -hmm. she decided that the best way for him to assimilate information is using Borg data nodes. Mm -hmm. So that then cues the next scene where in engineering, Neelix brings two Borg data nodes um, into engineering. Mm -hmm. And Torres is, is not happy about this. No, Torres she doesn't is trust wise, this drone. She doesn't. She's wisecracking left and right. How many Borg hitchhikers are we going to pick up on this trip? I mean, she's just, just throwing yeah. out all these comments left and right. Seven hails Neelix and asks him to bring the first data node. And Neelix is very optimistic with Bellana, by the way. I, I love his line when he says to Bellana, when she's saying, I don't trust him. Bellana's like, he could become very dangerous for us. And Neelix says, it will become what we help it become. Yeah. I love that line. Yeah. Because that's yeah. a great way of looking at the world. Like instead of looking at everything with fear and mm -hmm. everyone with distrust. Right you know, your relationship with people will become, even if you disagree, even if you assume that we probably, you know, could be enemies or disagree mm -hmm. on this topic, mm -hmm. your relationship will become what you make it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was a great line. It's very good line. So now we're in the science lab. Seven of nine asks the drone to assimilate the data in the data node. The drone does not understand. And so seven assists, she taps a few uh, buttons on his arm and two tubules shoot out into the node. And my goodness, J. Paul Bomer, without any lines, what a wonderful performance. I made the same notes. Unbelievable. Look on Silent his face. Moment. Silent Went moment. Kind of cold mm -hmm. to, to oh, awareness. Feeling oh, yeah. the he's, human side of things. And, yes. and not just the human, all of it. He's, he's oh, getting God. every, the whole lifetime of, of experience yeah. in this couple of moments and yeah. he played it beautifully just he, silent oh so well acted yeah. and you know all you aspiring actors out here you know watch this scene because this is a huge a huge moment and the look on his face as yeah. he's receiving this information priceless i mean you just it's can't warm eat. it's sweet <laughs> it's he's ex, it's the excitement the oh wonder the, awe, the wonder the, and the awe of it yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, you, you could feel it 1000%, yeah. right? And uh, once he receives this information, now he's 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 off to the he's race. Like, I want to see yeah. more, and I yeah, come yeah. with me. I want to see more. Show your me your destination more. is seven of nine. Your destination is Neelix Talaxian. This is a laboratory on a vessel. I mean, he's like a little kid, right? In a candy mm -hmm. store. I am traveling through interstellar space. Why? And then this here becomes the the newborn or the or the young child trying to just mm -hmm. get more information. Why are we traveling? Well, this is a ship of exploration. Oh, well, then I am an explorer and you're an individual and your thoughts are your own. And, and, and all this stuff is, is coming to him. And it was just a mm -hmm. wonderful scene. Wonderful mm -hmm. scene. He wants to get more information. He wants to assimilate more. Seven says, no, not yet. Your neural pathways require time to process this information. And plus, you will need to regenerate soon. So she says that she's going to go and adapt one of the alcoves in Cargo Bay to, to, uh, uh, to his technology so that she can, he can regenerate there. So she tells Neelix to take the drone to the doctor for a medical analysis. And she says to go with Neelix, but he follows her instead like a child as she's walking away. And like a child, she reassures him. I'll be back Join him soon. later. Yes, I'll be back I will. Yeah, you I'm stay in school. To, yeah, you go to kindergarten and with, with, with Uncle Neelix, and I will see you later after school. And so he's okay with it. Uh, wonderful scene with Neelix and the drone walking through the corridor. The two security guards are behind them. And we see now, the drones. I, I, I gotta say, this was a moment where I was like, all right, we've, we've moved very quickly with yep. our trust of this drone. Yes. They've got this two man security team yeah. unarmed yeah no. well, i don't know if they're unarmed they're definitely not holding weapons on him though they're, no. they're just walking yeah <laughs> i didn't see a weapon near i mean maybe they had a phaser on their belt that i didn't yeah. see but they right. certainly didn't have phaser rifles or anything no. significant yeah and i thought this was a problem for me because i was like <laughs> i think janeway and and tuvok and everyone would be incredibly cautious with this drone and right to walk him around the entire ship with just Neelix and two unarmed security guys. I, was like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, well, anyway. here's my question for you. When we were in that corridor scene, the first one of the shots that we see is the drone's perspective of the corridor, mm -hmm. which is a little bit warped. Is that 
is that what lens is that? I don't know what they're using. They, I that. don't know. Probably a fisheye lens or That's a very, was, very yeah. wide angle lens. Yeah. And they may have added a little Borg CG, you know, visual effects to the okay. POV. Right. But I did notice in this scene, it's a very long Steadicam scene mm. because it goes all the way down the hall with no coverage, with a long conversation. And then the sick bay door opens and they go in. The camera keeps following them in. Mm. So I was thinking about the Steadicam operator. You know, that's a heavy camera and rig to carry. And he carried it a long time. That's, it's a very long shot and very impressive for a steady cam operator to hold the camera that long and for the actors to perform the scene so well without needing close-ups and you know right. other takes to cut into. I just thought it was great. Yeah. But yeah. they talk about Neelix basically in the, the scene is about Neelix saying, You need a name. Yeah, you need to choose um, a name. And he says, there's only one of you, which gives him this idea of one, one. as his designation. <laughs> so that's where it comes from, the conversation with me. Yeah. yeah. But um, once we're in sick bay, the doc starts uh, analyzing him and our drone one yeah. uh, wants his origin story. He wants yeah. to know where he came from. And so the doctor's <laughs> kind of resistant at first, but then says there was a transporter malfunction. Well, wait, wait, he didn't, he's, he's resistant, but the drone is persistent. Because very remember, persistent. he says, describe my origins. And then the doctor says, well, that's a very long story. And, I, and he goes like, describe it now. Like he's really, <laughs> you yeah. tell me now, doctor. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, the doctor goes into that there was a transporter malfunction, which then the drone picks up on, oh, I was an accident. And they says, no, call it a random convergence of technologies. And then the drone asks, am I unwelcome here? Mm -hmm. And it, it is, I mean, so the awareness and just the, and it, the scene was, it, it was a good scene. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it was a great scene. I did like the doctor's line. Uh, no, you're very welcome here. And he goes, after all, you've got my mobile mobile emitter driving your neocortex. You're right. bound to make a dazzling impression. Dazz exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then he explains that's a joke. Right? Yeah, he goes, that's and called then, a yeah. joke. And, and I love how the drone in this entire it's, entire episode is always like, a joke, a verbal comment or gesture designed to provoke laughter. And then he says, the doctor says, I see you've got your mother's sense of humor. So it's yeah. like, you know, clever really lines in here. Clever lines, clever yep. lines. We go to engineering next. And Seven is now giving him a tour of engineering. Balana's annoyed. She's like, this is not a classroom. Right. She says, I've got one hour to, con to control the expansion of this nebula or Jamie's going to end this whole survey. Yeah. And the drone is sort of watching what she's doing. And he goes, well, I can fix that. Uh, <laughs> apply a multispatial algorithm. And Seven is very proud. You see this proud mama moment. And yeah. Bellana goes, okay, give it a shot. And yeah. Well, he steps in there. And Bellana's a little surprised too. Yeah. Uh, that he's he like, figured Whoa, this out. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So he steps up to the panel, starts hitting a bunch of buttons and it works. Yes. So yes. he's, he's showing his, that he can be an asset here for mm -hmm. us and be helpful and uh, trustworthy and all those things. Yeah. We go to the ready room next. And the drone is there and he introduces himself. He says, our well, designation. Seven brings him to meet Janeway. So. Yep, Seven brings him in yeah. there to meet mm -hmm. Janeway. He's introducing himself. He says, our designation is, and then he catches himself and he goes, my, my designation. designation. Yeah. Which I love that little <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, that was a great moment. Great and moment. And I made a note here. He almost seems more human than Seven. Like he's been oh, here for one day yeah. and, and he's, he's more less into, yeah. rude. He's more emotional. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. He's enthusiastic. Yeah. And I just I, thought, I, wow, he's, he obviously has a lot. Like the doctor does say he's only 27% Borg, right. whereas she was a hundred percent Borg and slowly becoming human. Right. But it's and, a, it's a confusing thing. Cause he looks more Borg than she does but he's acting more human than she is. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's an odd balance there. I love the line that he says to Janeway. She's like, well, how are you getting along? And he's like, well, I've assimilated information on a vast variety of subjects, including particle physics, comparable humanoid anatomy, warp field theory, and the culinary delights of the Delta quadrant. And so then seven, <laughs> seven's like, he's been hanging out with Neelix. You know? yeah. He asked Janeway, how was your assessment of me? And Janeway's like, no, no, no. I just wanted to meet you. Oh, well, in that case, may I ask you for permission to be excused? And so not only... Is he more human? He's more polite than seven. Much more polite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> permission to be excused to assist Lieutenant Torres to increase the efficiency of the Poussard collectors. And you and the look on Janeway's face in this entire like, scene is like, this? wow, why can't seven be like you? Like yeah. this is like this. And, and she's it also very happy. To, it also came to my mind that all right, so this board drone is 27% yeah. board and mm. what's left, 73% human. 
Mm-hmm. But the Borg drone was actually created from Seven and the Doctor. So it's not like it's not like he got more humanity, you know, from Dad. Well, to, let's be precise here. It's not Seven and the Doctor. It's Seven and Mulcahy with the Doctor's oh, few, that's mobile true. emitter. That's it's the true. mobile and emitter. Mul- it has nothing to do with the Doctor except that's for his. That's true. Yeah. The, cor- the cortex. That's yeah. right. Okay. Because my yeah. mind was like, how did the combining the doctor's mobile emitter in seven make right. him how more did you human? give him more human yet yeah, no but it's, it's really it's right. okay that's that helps where a lot from. that yeah. makes sense to me then so he goes and janeway goes i want to know more about this like guy like seven's the one now yeah. who's cautious she's like right. she's worried i don't know about this did we talk about and janeway commending seven on the job she's done teaching no him? but okay. she does yeah. she commends seven mm-hmm. uh on a great job and mm-hmm. Um, Janeway asks, does he know about his Borg side yet? And, and Seven goes, nope, not yet. And Janeway wants to tell him, and Seven does not right now. She's worried. Right. And so Janeway says, well, he's going to have to know about this, the Borg side of his life someday. Like, you're teaching him all this human stuff, but and right. Voyager and so- information, but you're not teaching him about who the yeah. Borg are. Right. Well, she says, we can delay telling him for now, but he's becoming an individual and he has a right to know. Yeah. Right. So he yep. eventually we're going to have to tell him. Yeah. Um, we jumped to Cargo Bay 2, and I'm going to start calling him one instead of the drone now. Great. So one wants to assimilate more information. And seven says, you know, it's enough for one day. She teaches him how to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says, we must regenerate. And I love when he stepped into the alcove the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, no, 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 no. You must face outward. And by the by the way, I just want to say, is that true? I feel like when we've gone on board ships before, we've seen them both ways. Like, no. What yeah. are you talking about? I no, think we have. I know, Robbie. I'm Robbie McNeil. You. Of, you, I, okay. Everybody gonna... out there, tell me the truth. All right. I feel like I've seen Borg not just standing outward, but many different. Okay. I'll, I'll, let's I leave think... it up to the let's leave it up to the listeners and the viewers and see okay. what they say. But I'm almost 100 percent positive. They're, I mean, they're not. It was basically... a funny bit in the scene. Like, yeah. you know, he stands yeah. what looks like the wrong way. But right. it's not it's not like that's a rule, I don't think. But anyway, we'll see. But it worked <laughs> okay. in the scene. It was okay. funny. So now they're standing in the regeneration uh, at, at chambers. And then one says seven of nine. Thank you. As they begin the regeneration cycle, and uh, you know the the look on Seven's faces, she she kind of feels like an, a feeling of accomplishment and yeah, very proud. Proud, and she's and getting, by the way, Jerry had a lot of great emotions, a lot of silent, yeah, very, yeah. very emotional acting in this episode. This, I thought she did a great job. This episode was the most acting that Jerry has had to do up to date. I think. Yeah. You know, in terms really, of emotional levels, yeah. Oh my god! Instead of just yeah. the board, yeah. Hard yeah. Board instead of just like blah 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 blah, exactly. She actually has range in this mm-hmm. episode, which mm-hmm. is so wonderful to see. Um, so as they close their eyes to regenerate, the camera pushes in to see a new set of blinking lights start blinking, and the music his, changes to ominous to music, ominous. and you're like, oh. And the ominous music cuts to an exterior space shot of a Borg sphere. Then you see the interior of the Borg sphere and you hear the Borg voice, a a Borg proximity signal has been detected. But I I thought it was super cool because we go inside that Borg sphere and everything is round inside. We're not used to that. So I thought that was cool. It was really- And the interior looks like, it sort of looked like an apple, uh, an apple core kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so then we hear that the Borg proximity signal has been detected, alter course to intercept. So now we're in trouble. Oh, boy. Yeah. Cargo Bay 2, Seven Awakes to see the captain, Tuvok, and a large a security, security team. The entire security team is there. They're armed now, waiting for yeah. her to wake up. And Janeway's not happy. Look on her face. She goes, uh-uh. yeah, Janeway says that one has trans- and transmitted a Borg proximity signal. Wake him. And upon questioning, uh, one is very innocent. He's like, no, I did not do that. And uh, after a scan, we realized that even though his transceiver was deactivated two days ago, his cranial implants adapted and created a secondary transceiver. Oh, man. Uh, I know. It just ruins it. It's like, come on. He's, he's, he didn't give up. He didn't <laughs> he give up any of that. No, he's doing he so didn't well. do it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. He didn't do it on but, purpose. But Janeway's okay. She, you know, she's quick to forgive. Um, mm-hmm. And then we, uh, on long range sensors, have detected a trans warp conduit. A ship is approaching, and one wants to. Uh, he wants meet to meet them. Borg. He wants to meet them. And Janeway tells Seven, "Okay, it is now he, time to show. He needs to know about the Borg. What the Borg are all about." 
right? Exactly. So yeah. we go to Astrometrics and mm -hmm. there's all this Borg data on the big screen and he's downloading all of the data about the Borg. Right. And he, again, he's fascinated and yeah. excited and in awe. And he says he wants to experience the hive mind. Yeah. And then Janeway's like, well, you'll no longer be unique. Right. And he says, and that is undesirable. Right. Which I thought was an interesting, it's an interesting argument. Like, yeah. you know, uh, is it undesirable to, to be part of something, to want to be part of something? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There is a human pull to that idea as well, to be yeah. connected in one of many things. So. On a lighter note, what is going on with Janeway's hair? Hair. I scene. knew you were going to say hair. I knew, I knew it. <laughs> so fluffy. It's a, it, what is a 70s it's Charlie's Angels thing going on? Yeah, I mean, what, like a, but it was like, only in certain angles though, Robbie. Like when she walks, because I, I retract, I rewound into the scene inside the, because I kept saying, did they shoot this on two separate days? You know, the scene in Cargo Bay 2, and then they go right into Astrometrics. It should be the same, you know, five minutes. But it, it should look the, the same, but it exactly was shot on separate days. I guess. Sure. I mean, because her, sure, hair because is, her hair just in this scene goes really big. But what's crazy though, Robbie, is when she walks into the first few shots in Astrometric, it's not crazy. But from a certain angle, when she's talking to one, it gets poofy. Like within the same big. scene, it changes. It's yeah, just really big. I, I don't know what the heck happened. Really uh, big hair. Yeah. Um, Janeway asks one if if he'll help uh, Voyager resist them. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he asks seven. Seven, yes. Do you want to rejoin the collective? Yeah. Do you wish to and, rejoin the collective? Yeah. And and seven pauses, and then her answer is Voyager is my collective, yes. which I love. I love that. Great line. She really commits yeah. to Voyager here. Yeah, yep. Yeah. She and does. We, we hear battle stations. Yeah. He doesn't commit yet. He says, I would need time to assimilate he this won't, information. But seven yeah. does. Seven, seven does says all the way, Voyager yes. is my collective. Seven and uh and uh one are walking down the hall mm -hmm. and they basically discuss anxiety, is what this right. scene is about. Oh, yeah. The fear of assimilation, you know, she tries to explain to him what you're feeling is anxiety. And he says, do you feel it too? And she says, yes. But what I love about her line is when she says, you are, you are experiencing an emotion, anxiety. It is only temporary. Mm. That is the key line right there. Yeah. That's the lesson right there, you know, in this part of this episode. Yeah. Anxiety. It's only temporary. And too many people feel the anxiety and they don't realize that it will pass, you know, yeah. and people get all worked up over it. And That's it's true. just temporary. Um, Turbo lift there. One asks, mm -hmm. uh, what will happen now? Will Voyager be destroyed? And we open up on, um, well, actually we have an exterior shot of the Borg's sphere moving towards the nebula. Mm -hmm. And now we're on the bridge. Seven says one needs to help enhance our shields. By the way, so when we come back on the bridge, Seven and, and One are stepping out of the turbo lift mm -hmm. with Janeway and a couple other security people. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, wait a minute, how did- How did Janeway they... get there before? Yeah, we yeah. just <laughs> left Seven and, the, and One in a turbo lift alone. Yeah. And now they're stepping out of it. And she said in the turbo lift, deck one, they're, they're headed to the bridge. So there's a bump in there for me. Like yeah. Janeway should not be in the same turbo lift. You know, no, she wasn't in the turbo lift with them though. Yeah, she was. I'm pretty sure they all walked out of the turbo lift at the top of the scene, but what? Again, no, I, it was just, okay. Walking down the hallway, talking about anxiety. There's no Janeway there. Janeway took, another, Janeway took another route and got there before them, which is kind no. of implausible. No, that's and, what I'm saying. When, when seven and one step yeah. out, of the turbo lift. Janeway, Janeway steps out with in, them? Yes. Oh, okay. That's a, well, there's there's a huge hole there then. Yeah, that was a bit of I, a, a mistake. Oops, oops. Anyway, they all step out. They head to the battle stations. One is hearing the board collective in his mind and mm -hmm. so does seven. And she says, resist that voice. Right. Resist it. And he, he puts his yeah. tubes uh, ultimately into the console. Voyager at this point has been tractored or something yeah, like there's the a tractor beam that's been activated uh -huh. right but when and he does help out he changes the shields he remodulates the shields mm -hmm. and that causes us to break free from this tractor beam yep. so janeway says can you enhance our phasers and he says yes and janeway says okay well once he's done with that target their propulsion system and mr paris be prepared to jump to warp and you're like did you say yes ma'am 
Maybe you just nodded. I don't, I don't know if I did. Know. Yeah. Okay. Maybe just... So as Voyager fires at the sphere, the sphere inverts our phaser with a feedback pulse. So it sort of bounces back, bounces at, us, back really. at, a, yeah. at ourselves. Yeah. And, and that the ship is takes ship out is our rock drive. And yep. now one says that Voyager's technology is limited. He can't enhance it any further, but he says that he can interface with the collective. If he can do that, he can disrupt their vessel from within. And seven looks at him and says, no, they will try to assimilate you. And he says very quickly, they will fail. Like he knows he's, and then he hits his, he hits his wrist with his own internal transporter beam Yeah, and uses that. What, what, what Janeway said earlier, he transports himself right right. inside the, uh, right. So before he does that, Janeway says, Janeway says to Harry to lock onto the drone. But my note here is that you don't see Harry at all in the first half of this whole battle scene in the bridge yeah. it's just all the left side of the bridge really where Tuvok yeah. is and, and Janeway and, and you are but they don't you don't see so I'm wondering like did they not even have me in this scene but then later you do see a little bit of Harry there you were there and I was just, they shot yeah, it all but didn't put it in the cut or something they didn't put like it in the that. cut they didn't yeah. put it in the cut I thought I was on vacation um but yeah so he beams himself over and it's what was he using when those Borg drones were coming up on him was he just sh- repelling them with his that's what it says. Was, he's he he doesn't even raise his arms. It's he doesn't just do some anything. Kind of energy. They just get some and energy just, shoots out. They, and they fly. They go falling down. I'm like, yeah. wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he does end up interfacing, and he starts steering that Borg sphere into the nebula. Takes over the controls and mm-hmm. and starts driving the sphere towards the nebula. Yeah. Great, great um, space shot. Yeah, as it starts to enter the nebula, and you mm-hmm. see it just crumbling just, and falling <laughs> apart. Yeah, and exploding. Yeah. Huge and I said to myself, when the thing exploded, I'm like, "Oh no, the doctor's hollow emitter is inside that thing, and right. it's and it's done." Did you but really when, think that? At that I time? did. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Ah, oh, Doc is." I was in my head. I'm like, "How do we yeah, get the you, hollow emitter?" I know. I know we get. You it back. knew that that wasn't going to happen, but you still thought it. That's but cute. I thought it like there, I didn't know how it was possible right. for that to survive. How do we retrieve so it? Yeah. When we go back on the bridge, yeah. seven is very emotional here. Yeah. But Harry detects that, Hey, one life sign, he's mm-hmm. still alive. Beam him to sick bay. Um, seven goes down to sick bay and he's lying on the bio bed and he, you know, his body plating is still, he's not crunched. He's still the same, mm-hmm. but that you do see some, some really major wounds uh, on, on his, his head, his, his, on his head. So clearly and the doctor says his biological systems are failing, mm-hmm. but the Borg systems are regenerating here. Right. Right. Um, but so... and the doctor says, I have to perform surgery on his, his other systems to make sure his biological uh, functions mm-hmm. to make sure he's okay. And um, when he re- reaches in, his force field comes up to stop the doctor. And Seven is like, no, let the doctor help you. And he says, well, no, um, when I interface with the Borg, they now know who I am and they're going to keep ch- chasing you. They're going to keep pursuing Voyager to get to me. And so I can't let that happen. I can't let them you know, harm yeah. you. And so he refuses the surgery and... That was, I don't know. I, I, it was it's very it sad. Was, it was very sad. It brought me to tears. And it's, She's, you know, she, her lines are like, you must comply, must comply. you know? Yeah. And he, and she says, please, you are hurting me, yeah. which kind of is the callback to earlier. To the earlier one. Yes. Says, yes. You're hurting me. His final line. What does you, he say? He says, you will adapt like that. You uh, know? Do you remember that? Yeah. I do now. Like, yeah. yeah. Very sad. And, and, and Jerry did a great job. She was very affected by his death there. Yeah. Yeah, she kind of wanders in circles in the sick bay for a yeah, moment. She's she doesn't like, know what to do. She's just, just uh, lost. She's beside herself because in reality, this is you know this was really her kid. You know, if you think yeah. about it, if you look at it that way, and she saw herself in him yeah. in many ways, which this mirror shot we're about to get to is very yeah. much a part of that of like yeah. who is she? You know, she yeah. was connecting with a, a side of herself. I think the audience is, has already bought into when they're watching this. They they are. They're excited that this could be our secret weapon. You know, like this, mm-hmm. this crew member is going to be, wow, this, this will, this will put us on top where nobody's going to mess mm-hmm. with us. We have the most advanced <laughs> Borg ever yeah. as part of our crew. So you start feeling for this character. You're mm-hmm. cheering for this character. And then he mm-hmm. sacrifices himself for the crew and he dies and you're just gutted. You're yeah. absolutely gutted that this has happened. Right. And then yeah. the scene in Cargo Bay 2 when she goes to turn off the turns off the power to his alcove. Yeah, to his alcove. My Super goodness. sad shot. And then and she ends up stepping over to the mirror. So we go 
uh, from the first shot of the episode yeah. in the mirror when she's smiling yep. to the last shot of the episode in the mirror when she's, she's just crushed. Yeah. So it's a nice bookend visually, I think. It is. Mirror, mirror it moment. Is. Really strong episode. Really strong. My theme is uh, regardless of what you're born into, the person that you were born as, that you have a choice in life. That's my theme. That regardless of whether you're born a Borg, whether you're born a human, whoever you're born, that you have a unique choice that you can make uh, to be whoever you want to be. That was my okay. my takeaway. What All about right. you? Uh, a couple things. Um, one lesson is the lesson that Neelix, um, how Neelix treated this new mm-hmm. organism individual. He wasn't afraid. He had open arms. He embraced this new board, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's something that everyone can learn when dealing with strangers, you know, mm-hmm. it's better mm-hmm. to have your, 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 your arms outstretched with your hands open, not clenched fists trying to fight, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's one lesson. Um, and then the other lesson is the lesson of loss of someone that you are familiar with, either family member or friend acquaintance uh, when they pass that you have to um, uh, know that or find solace in the fact that you will adapt. You will get, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get over it at some point. You'll, you'll mm-hmm. be able to, to, to get through this difficult period. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's my other lesson too, nice. that, you know, no matter what, what happens. You, what, what's your score on this out of 10? I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I'm going to get yeah. 8.5 on this one. Nice. So, yeah. How about you? I'm, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. I'm going to give it a 7.5. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I really did. I don't know, it, it, but it did feel a bit like an outlier in some weird way, like kind of uh, a little disconnected from uh, Harry or Tom or Bologna. They were all around, I guess, but I felt like there wasn't a group feeling to this. It was very much seven and one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of times we'll be in the briefing room. We'll all have a job to do or have a point of view about it. And this one, even though we popped in and out, felt like we were all very disconnected from one's journey and, and the drone's journey. Maybe Neelix for a moment or two, maybe the doctor for a moment or two, a bit, bit here and there. So that's why I give it a 7.5, but still a good episode, very moving. And I thought Jerry did a phenomenal job. Best performance that I think she's given so far. Um, definitely. Well, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. What is next week? Next week's episode is Extreme Risk. Okay. We will we will see all of you next week for our recap and discussion of extreme risk. For all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material.